Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. I want to welcome you to the show. My name is Steve Sexton. I appreciate it. We have over 600,000 listeners just here in the United States, and we've just added our UK affiliate, and we're up over 50,000 listeners there and growing. So we're very, very happy. Again, I want to thank you. Today, we're definitely talking about money. Right now, companies are struggling. People all over the US are in their resignation mode. They're looking to start businesses. To make sure you know what you're doing and what you need, we have Thomas Michael Hogg offer the book, Profitable Growth Strategies, Seven Proven Best Practices for German companies. Thomas has helped over 300 companies build a seven to 12 figure earnings. And you know what? He can help you too with some great tips. We're also going to be talking about money tips for your 50s. And the big prize we have is our first guest. We're going to be talking about money with Brian Cannon. He's the CEO and Chief Portfolio Strategist for Cannon Advisors. You may have seen Brian on Investor Business Daily, CBS News, The Street, and more. Brian also holds Market and Five video series that's focused on analyzing market trends based off technical analysis. Now, today we're going to be talking about inflation, rising commodity prices, increased cost of goods, services, as well as portfolio positioning strategies. We've had a large number of viewers at savingwithsteve.us to say, hey, I'm really, could you ask this question? So we're really looking forward to have Brian here. Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on. The first question and the biggest question is this. People are trying to understand this holiday season. One of the things that they're seeing is, Prices a little higher than they were in previous years. And I saw one of the comments on the interviews that you did. And you said, hey, you know what? This is due to some supply chain issues, COVID, labor shortages. Could you expand on that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Steve, when the pandemic first hit, it was it just, there were so many unknowns out there. People just didn't understand what to expect and what was going to happen. Essentially, you have the lockdowns, the travel restrictions, and all of that really kind of hit. And I don't think the supplies were in great demand at that point, but I think folks staying home and basically staring at their walls and looking around at all the walls that need to be fixed and all of the art that needs to be replaced and all of the wonderful things they could have because they have nothing else to spend their money on. They can't travel. They can't go out to eat. And I think there just became this wave of consumer demand that essentially hit the market, right? So you've got that coupled with the fact that essentially workers weren't working. Production plants didn't have folks in there. I mean, you had some frontline worker type situations, but for the most part, a lot of folks stayed home. So when you have an increasing demand and then you have a decreasing supply because there's not enough output or production, then you start to feel the effects of inflation. And let me tell you what, it kind of creeped up a little bit January, February, March, but then it started to get to April, May, June, July, and it just started exploding. So you know, as of the end of October, we were essentially at an annualized inflation rate of over 6%. So 
that doesn't take long to really come in and have a, a major impact on the market. Let's talk about that inflation number a little bit. We're seeing gas prices go up by almost 30% or more. Is that actually calculated into inflation? So gas is unfortunately not. Uh, energy costs, to me, I don't know why, because when you look at what inflation entails, it, it basically hits the average consumer and you've got gas is a big part of the budget, right? So if that's not factored into inflation, I just don't see where it does anybody any good. But essentially, yes, you had gas prices rise as a lot of other commodities did during the inflationary period and still the inflationary period we're experiencing. And so there's a, a real bifurcation, I think, between the types of the people that were impacted by inflation, right? So you have those white collar workers that stayed home, that kept their jobs. They just literally worked from home. They actually saved money on gas. They saved money on eating out. So in some ways, I think you had a lot of people benefit from the lockdowns. And I think those are the folks that are going out spending the money. The ones that essentially, I think, felt the impact of inflation a lot more were the ones that either were frontline workers that had to go back to work or those that their paycheck didn't go up, but their expenses did, right? So you had increased childcare costs. You had, in some instances, increased food costs. So I think a lot of the lower wage people out there, unfortunately, depend on the schools to feed their children lunch. And so when they're eating at home, it's, it's an additional cost. So you've got a lot of things that just kind of hit the market this year. But gas prices is a big, 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 it's stealing money out of your back pocket because you have to do what you're going to do. You have to go to your job. You have to to commute. But But now that cost of commuting is increasing. We see ports all over the United States, especially here in California, where you've got just boats stacked and racked up in the harbor and out in the ocean looking yeah. to come in. You're looking as a chief financial strategist. Is there an indication of how long it'll take for that to normalize? Personally, I think inflation is going to persist for a while. I mean, you have a lot of people out there with a lot of different opinions, but essentially, I think it's going to be with us certainly well into 2022. I mean, certainly... Fed Chairman Powell and the federal government kind of cast it as a quote unquote transitory type event. In other words, there's a bottleneck of demand in a supply chain shortage that eventually will free itself up. And I think that'll happen to a degree. But you know, when you have inflation, a lot of times what comes with inflation is you have increased labor costs, right? So we're seeing the average wage of the hourly worker go up. So you've got increasing wages, you've got labor shortages. That certainly leads to inflation. The cost of goods and services, the commodities, they're all increasing. That's something that's just not going to, you can't snap your finger, make a policy decision and have it reverse overnight. So I think it's going to be with us for a while. And the reality is most people are just impatient and they'd like it over tomorrow, but that's the reality. It could be as late as this time next year before it's actually over. I think the same could be said for just COVID in general, right? So I mean, <laughs> you know, the market right now is having a, a nice little setback from the, uh, the Omicron environment. In fact, I did a a little piece in my markets in five this morning. So I think everybody just is so done with it. They're just ready to move on to the next chapter and, and kind of regain their freedom. And it just seems like as soon as one segment seems to be calming down, something else pops up. And it's just we're living in this constant state of fear. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a whack-a-mole fear. You know, once it calms down, it, something else pops up. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and I think sometimes the uh, the timing can be a little uncanny. Yeah, it, it is a little nutty. So you know when you talked about uh, Fed Chairman Powell in his recent policy statements, they were considering uh, at their next meeting potentially um, uh, I want to say tightening things up mm -hmm. in order to offset inflation. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of effect would that have on markets, economy, things like that? Yeah, so. 
you know, that's clearly the, one of the the easiest and and I think uh, you know the the first go to kind of you know arrow in your quiver is to is to begin to raise rates. So uh, that will definitely uh, stave off and you know uh, have a have an impact on reducing inflation or the pressures of inflation. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like you pull one lever, uh, another you know this cause and effect. Something else is going to happen, right? So. Generally speaking, in an economic cycle, when you have increasing Fed funds rates in order to battle things such as inflation, uh, generally speaking, that can can lead to the beginning of the economic cycle and could lead to uh, you know the next stock market correction or bear market. Okay, no, no, no. This is this is great. This is what I I want people to understand. Um, now, <clears throat> let's see. Not to continue on this um, inflationary uh, piece here. But you know what? Um, is there things that the everyday person can do to uh, deal with inflation? I know you're a financial strategist, but um, I, I actually want to wait till our next segment to really get into the um, portfolio positioning strategies. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, and that's one I'll of the things that, that everybody wants to hear from. <laughs> uh, but you know what? If you're um, if you're a business out there. Um, you know, the effect of, you know, the Fed tightening up, that also means increased costs of mon- money being borrowed. Um, does it uh, mean that businesses may contract a little bit and reposition to retool, which means potential loss of jobs, uh, uh, still more higher costs, you know, what, those type of things? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, you know, when you when you when you essentially um, reduce the liquidity in the market, which essentially is what you're doing by raising rates, you're 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 increasing the cost of overnight lending for for banks uh, and borrowing. So uh, it it starts to constrict uh, you know the liquidity in the market. So essentially. Uh, it makes uh, the cost of that loan for a small business owner more expensive. It makes, uh, you know, so they, a lot of times they have to take on loans or take on debt in order to to build up capital. So if they don't have, uh, you know, the necessary equipment or supplies or stock on hand in order to to make their business run, uh, well, then they need to take on debt to buy more. So, you know, as you have a Fed funds increasing their rate, uh, it'll have a direct impact on the loans for small businesses. Uh, you know, now aside from small businesses, you've got also, you know, just individuals that are going to be impacted, right? So, uh, you know, the cost of uh, of home ownership uh, is going to go up. So, I mean, definitely could you know impact the real estate market. Uh, you know, from the standpoint of uh, the price of homes could continue to climb. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, potentially new homes uh, slowing because of the cost of build. And the interest rates in order to finance that debt. So essentially, you know, that could slow down the housing market, right? So that would make. Uh, so again, you have supply dropping. So you've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, cost rising in a sense. You've got demand is still going to be there. Uh, so you've got uh, new home purchases are going to be more expensive. Loans are going to be more expensive. You've got, uh, you know, um, new homes, existing homes are going to go, going to increase in value. So you know, when you couple all of that with uh, increasing cost. And gas and and commodities and you know commodities not only you know energy and gas but also uh, food agricultural commodities you've got you know uh, you know uh, metals and precious metals and and um, you know things like that 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 go into making what uh, what your product is so it all has an impact and uh, so as you you raise rates to try to control. Uh, you know, inflation. It has a dramatic impact on both small business owners, large business owners, and individuals. That's wonderful, uh, Brian. That's perfect. Hey, look, you know what? We're going to take a break right now. You're going to stick with us. We're going to be right back with more Brian Canyon. 
More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on The Saving with Steve Show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Hey, all the replays are available at savingwithsteve.us. If you're storing the stories of helpful information and insight on Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Google Play, Spotify channel. Hey, and you know what? To never miss the show and also follow our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio in New York City, E360, uh, E360 TV. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to uplift your spirit, live a life of personal and financial freedom. And also you can follow us at Facebook at Saving with Steve Sexton uh, and get the replays, access to uh, guest gifts and more. Now we've got Brian Cannon here. Uh, we've been talking about inflation. We're all dealing with it. Uh, he helped us understand that. Now let's talk about how we can position, you know, portfolio positioning strategies that help us to combat inflation, especially with what's moving them forward. So, Brian, that's a loaded question for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a simple question with a very complex answer and, and lots of go. moving parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, basically, in, in an inflationary environment, environment, you, you know, you, there's. There's certain types of companies that will flourish much, much more so than others, right? So, you know, for instance, uh, uh, a lot of times when you have uh, inflation, uh, you know, people will get scared with the stocks. And it, it, the reality is, if you look historically at the stock market during inflationary periods, uh, it, it, you know, it depends on how long that inflation period lasts. So, uh, I believe we're in the sixth. I believe the inflationary period we're in right now is the sixth inflationary, uh, high inflationary period since the 1930s. So there hasn't been that many to look back and draw on. And quite frankly, I think that's most of the interest and why people were really interested in it is because it doesn't happen every year. It doesn't happen all the time. So when it does happen, you have to kind of stop and ask yourself, well, how do, how do I handle this and my portfolio? And I think if you look back at the prior five or six times, uh, essentially, uh, stocks don't always do terrible, but they do get very, very choppy, right? And I, so I think it's it's a matter of finding what stocks tend to outperform during those historical periods of inflation. Uh, but you also have to keep in mind that we're in a different world than it was in the 1930s, the yeah. 1980s. Uh, so I think a lot of uh, you know that a lot of the types of uh, theories that we're using to base our decisions on the type of uh, investments uh, are are they're they're not very well tested in an inflationary environment. So with that, 
<laughs> told you it was a complex answer. Well, no, uh, that was great because people need to understand it's not cut and dry. Yeah, no, it's it's not a simple answer. But essentially, uh, you know, you've got types of companies like consumer staples. Consumer staples are companies that sell their products that 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 the uh, that the general public needs, right? So you've got band-aids and toilet paper and you've got uh you know uh basically things that that are must-haves you know food uh pharmaceuticals those types of things you can't live without your drugs you can't live without food you can't live without toilet paper so yet those types of companies are able to historically speaking absorb inflation a little bit better than some other asset classes because they can simply pass that inflated cost they could pass that increased cost of, of business on to the consumer. So again, during an inflationary period of time, those types of companies will pass pass the cost or the, the increase on to the to the uh, to the consumer because you have to keep buying those things. So you know, one of the uh, untested, in my opinion, un- untested uh, markets that I think, or sectors of the market that I think could do very well is capital light technology and that might be a term i i uh <laughs> i register uh but essentially it's it's an asset light or capital light type uh, uh business that's in the technology sector right so they've got uh their cost of business is 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 still monstrous but they don't have to store capital in their warehouse and prepay for it and let it sit so you've got a depreciating asset potentially as as rates go up so as is inflation and, and every and costs go up, and you've got a, a warehouse full of goods. You know you need to find a way to pass that on. But if you're not a if you're a luxury good item type provider like luxury handbags or you know you know things that that are nice to haves but not not uh, not not necessary to haves, uh, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit better. But if you're in a technology company that has very light asset, um, you know, uh, you know then they're able to, uh, I think uh, they're going to do much better. And so examples of that might be like a Google or a, or a Facebook, you know, where it's just their technology companies, but they're not storing up assets in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, historically speaking, uh, you know, uh, emerging markets have done uh, pretty well inside of, uh, um, you know, inside of inflationary periods. And, and it's simply because, uh, you know, as the government has to raise rates to battle inflation, it gen- generally speaking, it makes the overseas markets more attractive, right? So you've got, uh, you know, our cost is going up, so their cost is going down in, in a lot of times. So uh, in a lot of those those countries like Brazil and Turkey and Russia and India and China, I mean, they're they're growing, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, when we're growing too, we're, we seem to be the safer play. But when we're, uh, you know, having experiencing inflation and, and potentially a stock market uh, pull down, it's not to say that those guys aren't going to be impacted, but uh, but it, just having a diversified approach and having some emerging markets in there, you know, is, is not a bad play. Uh, you know, going back to the real estate, we talked about uh, as rates go up, uh, potentially it could could drive the cost of homes up, which is not good if you're a buyer of homes, but if you're an owner of homes and you're renting those homes out and uh, the, the the value is increasing. Uh, generally speaking, it's not a bad idea to uh, to have some real estate, some real estate, you know, real assets in your in your uh, in your portfolio, including real estate. Um, you know, economics 101: when inflation goes up, commodities go up. So again, you want to be a holder of commodities. And again, it's we're kind of all talking about the the cost of energy, the cost of food, the cost of you know goods and services. Uh, so uh, you know, generally speaking, um, you, you know, what's interesting is um, there's been a lot of, 
in, in kind of going back to my my initial kind of discussion about um, um, there's untested theories out there. One of them are is is the alternative assets, right? So you've got uh, you know alternative assets or your gold and you know platinum and those types of things. But now you're really getting there's a lot of chatter out there about an alternative asset being Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And I find that uh, very, very interesting because it's such a new phenomenon. I, I personally, I think the genie's out of the bottle. It's here to stay. We just don't know how it's going to look inside of five years, right? Will it be mm-hmm. Bitcoin? Will it be Ethereum? Will it be something else? We have no idea how to look. The blockchain's here to stay. That's uh, That's been very, very interesting. And, and all of this is still such early, it's, it's going to improve. But uh, I think it's too early to call Bitcoin or cryptocurrency and and you know a hedge against inflation. You know, you're starting to see that term thrown around. I think it's a little bit. Or I think it's more of just could should be thought of as a an aggressive alternate asset that's not necessarily tied to the dollar. So, yeah. um, you know, but it's still very very you know the uh, volatile. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about commodities. Um, <clears throat> There's a few times where we saw the uh, the price of gold and silver and all those things consistently move forward. And a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that are selling gold and pushing that. Uh, they go and buy them as an individual investor. And, you know, they bought them as high as 1900 or 2100 And the next thing you know, it's down to 1800 <laughs> Yeah. Um, the question is, what would be the, the the strategy for saying, hey, you know, it's time to be walking away from this asset? Yeah, you, you know, uh, Definitely, I think gold is 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 the go to um, fix for inflation. Right, everyone mm-hmm. says gold's the hedge for inflation, and you need to buy it. What's interesting is this year uh, we're a big technical uh, trend following, um, you know, um, portfolio major, and essentially. Uh, we haven't seen gold do uh, really what it should do in this inflationary environment. You saw it kind of kick up in the early part of the year, but then when inflation really started to kind of heat up in the midsummer, and it, it really hasn't performed that well. Now, again, that's a short time frame. Now, if you look at it over a longer time frame, you know I think there's definitely a place for it in the portfolio, and I think uh, again, having a well diversified portfolio, if you're not an active trader, is extremely important to make sure that you're kind of spreading your your risk around. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, I, I just, I find it interesting that, uh, some of the, um, the go-to fixes haven't, uh, done that well so far this year. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, Brian, I want to thank you for joining us. I, you know, I always know it's good when it goes like that. <laughs> uh... Um, but um, you know what? Uh, I would like if you could uh, to let everybody know how they can go watch your market in five videos, as well as if they want to get in contact with you or your firm. Uh, again, this is Brian Cannon. He's a key, chief uh, portfolio strategist for Cannon Advisory. So how would they go about doing that, Brian? Yeah, I think the easiest thing, we we post our markets in five to our website, and that's canonadvisors.com. And, uh, and then you can also check out our Twitter uh, page. It's uh, at Cannon Advisors. And um, but essentially, those are the two main areas that we we kind of put things out there. And uh, but all means, you know, feel free to to give us a call. We've got plenty of content on our website that's educational and purposes. But the whole idea behind Markets and Five is just to 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 educate people as to what we're seeing in the market, primarily from a technical perspective, and then let them make you know their decisions or or call us if they have any further questions. So happy to help out. And uh, uh, yeah, but CanonAdvisors.com. Brian, I want to thank you for joining us today. Again, this is Brian Cannon, Cannon Advisors. Go to CannonAdvisors.com for more information. And you know what? Appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you next time. Steve, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Everybody, that was Brian Cannon. You know what? We've got some wonderful things coming for you. Thomas Michael Hogg, we're gonna talk about the um, you know, money tips for in your 50s. So stick with us, we're gonna be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. We just had Brian Cannon, um, Cannon Advisory. He was a chief portfolio strategist for Canon Advisory. Great information about inflation, how to invest, but suckers to look in the whole shot. It was wonderful. Hey, and if you want to hear it again, always go to the savingwithsteve.us website so you can listen to it again and again and get that great information. Now, I'm going to be talking about money tips for your 50s. So here it is. Your 50s are definitely a pivotal decade. I know because I'm in my 50s. You're near enough to retirement to feel it, You know what? You can feel it on the back of your neck and you know what? And things can be good. Okay. It's sharp. You know, the reality is it sharpens your focus at a time when you still have 10, maybe 15 years of work to left. So it's time to fatten your savings and watch your money grow. If children finally are on their own, household expenses are lighter than you have been. Have you seen in decades rather than spending is freed up on money? It's time to sock away savings, pay off debt, which all bring you closer to the retirement you hope for. Now, the following are some critical moves you want to make for your 50s. First of all, you want to map out your strategy. Spend a weekend gathering all your financial information, savings, investments, other assets, as well as your debts and bills. Then map out your strategy for retirement. Seeing all the details of your finance and setting and goals for your life and beyond, work will expose any gap between your planning and savings. It'll also spur you to close the gap while you still can. Meet with a fee-only financial advisor, okay? This is a good movement to make sure you haven't missed any crucial pieces of planning. Even people who are comfortable managing their own investments can profit from one or two meetings with a fee-only planner. It's important that the person you see charges an hourly fee, they're not on a commission, or they sell products, so he or she can objectively view your numbers and assumptions or plans. Now, what they can also do is they can also tie in not only your income, your investments, okay, your taxes, your health issues, your estate, the whole shot. That's five things. You can create a holistic plan for you and say, hey, look, this is where the gas are. This is what you don't know that you need to know, okay? Also look at using a retirement calculator. Online retirement calculators are good. It enact ways to establish the monthly or annual income you'll, you'll receive from saving and other sources. A couple of problems with calculators. They require you to make impossible guesses about future rates of return on your investments. And sometimes they fail to accurately account for your taxes. 
Because of these, it's a good idea to play around with several different calculators. Vanguard has a good one. It's called the Vanguard Group Retirement Nest Egg Calculator. And also AARP has a great retirement calculator. Now, next thing, supercharger saving. If life demands have made it hard to save for retirement, your 50s offer a good time to catch up. Shoot for 20% of your income and savings. If that's too big, choose a lower percentage and start with it then keep increasing it over time. Maximize your retirement plan contribution. If your employer matches a portion of your workplace retirement plan, take advantage. Quite frankly, this is free money and you're just leaving it on the table if you're not doing it. No matter your age, if your employer matches 3%, for example, save at least 3% to capture that gift. And you know what? Quite frankly, the Internal Revenue has special rules designed older savers to ramp up their savings for retirement. For example, if you're working and your spouse is not, you could put up, set up an IRA plan in your spouse's name. And if they're over 50, they can contribute as much as six, $7,000. Now, that's really important. The key is maximize it. Save everything you can get in there. And if you're you know, doing it on a monthly basis manually, set it electronically so you can set it and forget it. Now, next, decide whether to pay off your mortgage. You know what? <clears throat> the reality is this. When you retire, you'd like to be in a position where you're earning an interest, not paying an interest. But this is a dilemma for when you retire because there's many people who have a mortgage throughout their whole entire life and their retirement works out really, really well. This is why it's very important to put together a financial plan. Sit with somebody who can show you the impact of that mortgage, okay? Next, you want to pay off debts aggressively. Once you retire, interest payments on debt can eat up your limited income. Make it difficult to pay off loans. So now is the time to aggressively eliminate non-mortgage debt, like credit cards, auto loans, and other obligations. Don't get prideful about this. What I mean is... You don't want to have to be in a situation where you're keeping up the Joneses and that's why you're keeping up the debt. Forget about the Joneses. It's about your life, not anybody else's. It's about you having the retirement of your dreams. A lot of times people take on extra debt and it'll squash their retirement dreams. So look about paying it off correct uh, as aggressively as you can. You know what? Keep a portion of your savings instead of investing in growth. Playing it safe is a natural incompletion at this stage of life. You want to protect your hard-earned savings, but if your savings doesn't at least keep up with inflation, you'll lose your spending power. So consider keeping a portion of your retirement savings invested in stock market because retirement at this stage of life can last 20 or 30 years. There should be some time to recover if, you're, if your investment lose value. So think about this. You know what? Think about your investing as red, blue, green. Red, that's the portion that you have in the market. It can go up and down. You can win or lose with that. Green, hey, these are predictable investments that are going to enable you to get a predictable income that aren't correlated to market. And then green, um, you know what? This is all protected. So you're looking at annuities. You're looking at um, uh, CDs and things like that that start with principal protection. If you have an index annuity, hey, you can outpace inflation. If you're looking in the blue, you're looking at real estate investment trusts or purchasing rental properties that create a consistent income and have an appreciation value with the rental. And then again, with the red, that's all your stocks, bonds, and mutual funds because they have the ability to go up and down. Now, you know what? You want to make sure your spouse is on board. If finances are the realm of just one spouse in the family, it's time to correct that, okay? Both members of other couples should to understand their debt, savings, investments, and plans so their survivor can take over the financial reins if necessary. I have been through this probably 30 times in the last 20 years, or I have sat down with a spouse, could be the husband or wife, because the other spouse took care of the finances and didn't have a clue, 
where I've had to sit down and review their expenses, their budgeted, their cash flow, their net worth, where the money's coming from, what adjustments they need to make. And they just didn't have a clue because they haven't been part of those decisions. You want to make sure the one you love, they don't need to know all the nitty gritty details, but they do need to know how things work so they can make good decisions and not get taken advantage of when you walk out on life. You know what? Next one is you might consider getting rid of life insurance. You know, a lot of people get term life insurance and they're paying for it every single month. Uh, to offset, hey, what if, you know what, one of us passes away, still got to pay off the mortgage. What if that, um, you know, what if I, what if one of us passes away and we're still working? You know what, if, some, if you don't need that anymore, you might not have to pay for it, okay? If you have cash value life insurance, see if there's enough cash value in the life insurance to sustain the payments on the policy to make sure you can take the income or whatever else you need. This is a preference thing. You also want to have that discussion with your financial advisor to make sure it's a smart decision. Next one, decide if you need long-term care. Long-term care insurance help pay costs that you become unable to care for yourself. Your 50s or 40s are a great time to buy. If you wait too much longer, premiums could become you know, prohibitively expensive. The reality is there's multiple ways to cover long-term care. You can use an annuity that's designed to make a specific payment to a long-term care policy or a long-term care company that cover, takes care of you in the future, but that's specific. You can get a life insurance policy that has long-term care as part of the chassis. And you can get a $500,000 policy. Obviously, you're not paying $500,000 for it. You're paying less than that. But if you pass away, hey, you get $500,000. If you don't pass away and need it for long-term care, you can have $500,000 for long-term care. And you know what? Sometimes that's one of the better ways to go. But you really want to take a look at the impact of long-term care spending, whether it happens to you or your spouse, because the last thing you want to do is be in the poorhouse if you just paid for your husband's or wife's long-term care bills, and now they've just passed away. The next thing is really important. Practice living on less. You save more by reducing your spending, but there's another reason to get a good grip on the alpha. Living on less gives you information about whether your money, where your money goes, how much you truly will need in retirement. And quite frankly, it's a retality check for your planning. So think of it like this. You're going to retire. You're essentially unemployed for the rest of your life. And your assets need to be in a position where they can support you. Sometimes people don't pay attention to what they're actually spending. And I've met with many people who've recently retired and they understand how much money, how they have to keep getting money out of their accounts. And quite frankly, the advisors they work with only manage the dollars and cents when it comes to an investment portfolio. They didn't take a look at the impact of their budget on their retirement. So it's very important you take a look at that impact. I've met a lot of people that are five or six years in retirement that have overspend, and now they have to curtail their lifestyle to get where they want to go. So it's really important that you understand what you're going to be living off and that you can actually live off those dollars when you move into retirement. You know what? This is it for this segment right here. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, this is the Saving with Steve show. We're going to move on to our next segment. You can't wait for it. We got Thomas Michael Hogg, one of the best business development people in the world. He's going to be joining us in just a second. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. 
Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, where we talk about the ins and outs of money, pretty much everything under the sun it relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. Welcome to the show. I want to first tee this up. Coronavirus has been with us. There's been a lot of things that have occurred to people who have worked in mid upper level management and some industries where the companies have decided to become more nimble. They've cut out that level of management. A lot of people say, I think I need to go start my own business. A lot of people are creating offshoots of businesses and they're trying to figure it out. Don't worry. We have Thomas Michael Hoggs here. He's the author of the book, Profitable Growth Strategies, Seven Proven Best Practices from German Companies. But here's the big thing. Thomas has helped 300 plus businesses achieve a seven to 12 figure earnings. And he's here to help. Besides helping business owners make a lot of money, Thomas is a consultant and mentor with 20 plus years of marketing experience, work experience in countries like Germany, Mexico, Switzerland, and here in the US. He's worked and advised for global companies such as Pepsi, Adidas, Campbell's Soup, and many others. He's the founder and managing director of THM Consulting and Investment Group. Thomas is also a columnist for El Financiero. He's been featured on Bloomberg TV, CNN Expansion, and many others. Thomas, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Thanks a lot, Steve. So nice to be with you. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. I, I know you're coming from us from Monterey, Mexico, which is really cool. It's uh, interesting that uh, you've got some decent weather there as well, as opposed to if you're a little more east and probably a little more snowy, and you'd probably have a jacket on, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, so we understand where you come from. I'd love for you to just spend a few moments on your story. I mean, uh, actually, kind of it started uh, my, my career in, in, in 2005. Um, uh, where I got the confirmation from Adidas to to work from them. It was one year uh, before the, the the soccer, as we say, the football World Cup in Europe, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a, a great experience for me uh, uh, to start to work for for this great company. I mean, for this uh, sporting goods giant. And it was one year before the World Cup when we uh, uh, um, prepared and and launched uh, all the product uh, in the category uh, for the 2006 uh, World Cup in Germany. So there, kind of, I started uh, uh, getting in touch with uh, customer value, getting in touch with product management uh, uh, and uh, what we are going to talk a little bit more about profitable growth. 
and uh, uh, working with highly competitive uh, professionals day in day out uh, was was amazing and 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 obviously steve it was was for me a kind of uh, a dream come true uh, to work for my uh, favorite uh, uh, sport brand and then uh, uh, furthermore uh, uh, um, I, i i got into the in, into the consultant business so there i worked for some more projects as, as you said campbell soup uh, uh, and pepsico but also johnson controls and more uh, b2b companies and some years ago Uh, um i founded a consultant firm uh, um actually focusing on strategy plan strategy planning uh, uh commercial strategy and 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 analysis of of markets and uh, uh, uh customer analysis and service so uh, this is kind of where my my, my journey starts and, and and where i'm kind of now and then uh, it's it's kind of exciting times for me because i was really busy uh, uh, even with uh, covid and corona because of my because of my book and, and many many company owners needed some help to how to get out of this crisis yes you know what? when people found out that you were going to be on the show that our, our our viewers started popping in comments and one of the things that i think there's people you know your book is based off some uh, best practices uh for uh, german companies and i think don't people people realize that there's a japanese business model there's an american business model and there's a german business model could you kind of explain the difference of those three for for our listeners uh, there's as you said i mean there's there's rarely uh, you can find a lot of literature about the german business model i mean we all and i do admire the american business model i mean it, it, it's really focused on marketing uh, it, it is focused all also on on investment and and, and you have also i mean uh, this always i mean this this financial ecosystem where you where you can have venture capital and where you can uh, have angel investments or venture capital to to boost the business or 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 your startups in in the first years and then we obviously we know all the the success stories of 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 Google Microsoft uh, Tesla coming up now uh, um, and then actually the Japanese business model is kind of similar to the German one and there's the the, the Chinese business model uh, which is so important nowadays because of the of of, of the power and and the growth of the of of, of this incredible economy uh, but at the end of of the day it, it's all about the uh, competitiveness so uh, we can talk about countries but but then i can give you the example of germany but at the end of the day uh, it's about how competitive is your business uh, uh, in the market and now i mean the markets are consolidating right now so the, your competitiveness is so so important and the german business model is really interesting the backbone of the german economy uh, uh, are the small and medium sized businesses and um, germany has uh, more than 1500 uh, market leaders in different niches uh, uh, this is unique in the, in the in the whole world there's no other country with more market leaders in 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 in, in different sectors or in different industries mm-hmm. where we talk a lot about engineering where we talk about uh, cars and and out the automotive industry uh, uh, but the, the 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 german business model is so uh, successful not only because of the big brands we know mercedes bmw audi adidas uh, uh, bayer from from the from the ph- pharmaceutical side but also because of these small and medium sized companies who are globally successful uh, uh, and are so important for, for for the economy and the society because of uh, uh, the employment i see okay so now what i'd like to do is start talking about you know your book profitable growth strategies um you know what if somebody were to read that what would they be able to um, derive from it and how could it benefit them um first of of all understanding that the term uh, profitable growth uh, uh, this is a term maybe uh, uh, when you go to the corporate business world it's, it's a common term but 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 when we when we talk about uh, or we, when we talk to business owners uh, 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 company owners or, or or entrepreneurs this term is not so familiar 
So uh, this is uh, uh, how to get in a profitable growth zone and why profitable growth is important because profitable growth means you have uh, uh, at the same time top and bottom line growth. This means you, 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 you increase your sales and revenues. It is really difficult because all the studies we have seen and 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 all and studies we have carried out, we have seen only 25% of all the companies are achieving to be in a profitable growth zone, which means to having a constant revenue and a, a, a profit growth. It's really difficult to get into this zone, though. This is would be the, the first, uh, I would say, golden nugget to say, okay, what's about profitable growth? And this is so important uh, also for startups and, and, and for company owners and, and to know, okay, what are the margins in the industries? What are, what are the goals and the objectives in the industries from from my from my competitors and peers and 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 and, and where is the first bar on 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 these financial objectives uh, I have to reach? You no, know? then we can we can go on 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 on, on the details how we reach uh, the the profitable growth. Okay. Now um, you have uh, five crucial concepts that enhance any businesses achieving customer value, employee value, and obviously top and bottom line growth. Um, the first one's quality is king. So could you kind of explain that to to our audience there? I mean, uh, we have kind of a reputation for German products that the, the German products are quality products. I mean, mm-hmm. made in Germany stands kind of for quality. Uh, and uh, I can give you an example. When I worked for Adidas uh, in my first day, when I when I walked walked in the the, the testing or the R and D center, uh, we had to uh, we had to certify the products uh, um, uh, or or soccer balls with the FIFA. And there, uh, uh, I mean, you test quality and say, okay, bouncing. Uh, materials uh, um, and also durability but the, the most important thing or lesson learned from me was there they told me hey thomas look all our competitors they try to 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 reach or to achieve the fifa standard which we can say it's 100 and they t- told me but here in our testing center we try to achieve 150 we really try to achieve a superior uh, uh, quality and so we can we, we, we our competitive advantage is about quality and this is kind of a mindset you need to have i mean really we talk about uh, a lot of of, of, of customer value but at the end of the day i mean it's about quality it's about quality about your service it's about quality about your product and there it's all about how you you set the bar and how high you set your bar mm-hmm. so basically what you're what you're saying is the quality of the product whether it be software whether it to be a soccer ball or car or shoe or whatever it's got to be the top quality and it's got to be over and above the um the, the rest uh, the rest of your competitors if it is you'll likely have a product that will last um, and you would be able to receive. And what's what's the next step after? I mean, obviously there's cost to go in a soccer ball. Uh, are you able to, uh, was it, I don't remember, was Adidas able to achieve a higher price point by having that quality and make better profits or? Always. I mean, uh, when we talk about quality, we, we, we talk about uh, uh, added value and we talk about pricing, right? So uh, uh, this is one of the, of the most important thing. Uh, you get higher margins out of quality products, obviously, and uh, you uh, will be a more profitable uh, uh, company. So, so this is why we're talking talking about profitable growth. Quality is one key experience uh, uh, or, or or key goal. Uh, you you need to 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 be more profitable. Okay, so. Um, so if you're a service company, like a financial services company, that whole process that you're taking from, you know, meeting the customer, evaluating the, comp- the customer, um, providing a quality financial 
advice and then an implementation, that whole process has to be the best of uh, or the best of, uh, the best or the standard in the industry. Nowadays, we 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 have all new words. I mean, the customer journey, customer experience. But at the end of the day, it's the same. It's the same as as as, as service quality at the end of the day. So so uh, uh, it has to do obviously to to understand the customer and to serve a customer and 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 be relevant for 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 a customer. And at the end of the day, to have when we talk about financial service companies or services, I mean, there you you need to give them a, a return on investment and and and, and products who are last. Uh, products uh, uh, who, who who are uh, beating the competitors. I mean, these are the ones who, that where you get uh, uh, a higher return on investment. That's excellent. Hey, you know what? We're going to stop right there. We're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be back. So stick with us. We've got more with Thomas Michael Hoggs and his book, Profitable Growth Strategies, because he's imparting some wonderful knowledge to us. So hold on. We'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, I want to welcome you back to Saving with Steve. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you all for joining us, following us, recommending to your friends, families, associates to come and watch us here on Saving with Steve. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can go to the Saving with Steve Sexton Facebook page or go to the savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. You can see all the recordings of the shows. If you're in the United States, you can see us on Monday nights throughout the United States at 6 p.m. Tuesdays in England and many other countries in Europe. Uh, and then we're off to the streaming sites after that. So if you'd like to follow us, you can go to our YouTube page at Saving with Steve section on YouTube. Again, I want to thank some of our networks at BBS Radio, UK Health Radio, New York TV, and Stitcher, as well as YouTube. I want to thank them all for helping us spread the message. If you have a problem, we want to provide solutions and help you with living a life of personal and financial freedom. So Welcome back to Saving with Steve, where we talk about the ins and outs of money. We have Thomas Michael Hoggs, author of the book, Proven Growth Strategies. We've been talking about the five critical concepts that will enhance any business achieving customer value, employee value, as well as solid top and bottom line growth numbers. Thomas, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here with us again. We just finished talking about how quality is king. Now, let's go into the next one, which is innovation is best. So help us understand that. Why is innovating a 
a very important thing. At the end of the day, when we talk about innovation, it's not only the term innovation. Uh, you need uh, for us, and then and comparing a little bit uh, about the, the, the German model, uh, innovation for us are functional products or, or functional services uh, uh, at the end of the day. So so innovation one, you need a functional uh, service or product. And, and, and secondly, uh, uh, you need a return on investment on each innovation. So innovation is important. So you need, when you start a business, uh, when you want to lead a, a niche or, or your market, I mean, you have to invest in R&D. You have to have a, a, a budget for, for innovation. You have to, you, I mean, uh, uh, obviously you need resources. Uh, 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 to be uh, a company who is innovating and is a company who's who's at the end of the day uh, uh, adding adding value. So this is the one of the one of the key points also of of the German business model that they do invest uh, uh, in R and D and that not only the companies. Uh, uh, I mean also the government. When we see uh, um, Germany is invest investing three percent of uh, its uh, GDP in uh, in R and D. Uh, Israel, for example, it's investing five percent of its GDP in in R&D, but there are a lot of countries who do not invest as much, and not not, not only talking about countries, but, but there are not as many uh, uh, companies who do invest, invest in R&D. This was the case when I worked at Adidas. Uh, uh, we have seen uh, Nike was spending a little bit more on on, on marketing, on ads, uh, uh, and 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 Adidas uh, is spending a little bit more on on R&D. What 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 is what is a clear focus for functional product and quality? I see. I see. So it's important to look at finding the the best product and continually develop it and getting those, um, I want to say, um, advancements in that product so athletes can perform better, uh, whether they're wearing clothes, socks, shoes, or just kicking a soccer ball. And when it comes to like US, we saw Nike, their focus was more on marketing and spreading the word and making it cool to have their products. Um, so when you look at brands like Porsche and things, uh, companies like that, obviously people pay a premium for that innovation that they have. Uh, that's true. At the end of the day, it's about uh, performance. And I, I do remember when I started at Adidas, uh, it, it was really when you when you learn about the history of the founder Adolf Dassler or Adi Dassler, uh, uh, he just had one mission. He had one purpose. This was uh, helping with products to, 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 to help the athletes to perform better. Uh, and at the end of the day, this should be our our mm-hmm. everyday task, and and with our company to service a product and 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 to make our clients better, or or to or to help and support them, and then. And and this really this focus on product, this focus on on performance. I guess sometimes we uh, uh, we for, we we, for, we just forget uh, the, the importance on 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 quality and innovation. And you have to spend time and money uh, 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 to be a, a benchmark company if you want so. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is obviously lead your market, and we're talking about that right now. So um, uh, so what are the big things that people or companies don't do or make a mistake in doing, and they don't end up leading their market? selling too many products or services to too many segments or too many clients. So it's not clear uh, what your product is about and for, for, for whom is your product. So it's really important that, uh, um, I mean, the saying the riches are in the niches is, 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 is coming really, is coming true because I mean, there you have a focused product, uh, uh, you have a, a product for, for a specific segment and there you can focus and there you, 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 you should try to be the best in this segment or in, in this niche. And this is kind of, again, this is kind of this, this, this German business model where sometimes 
uh, uh, our culture is a little bit black and white and and, and, and and we are a little bit rigid in the things how we are doing but but in, in when it comes to strategy we really uh, in the German business we focus and try to be the best in our market we, we, we and, and, and being the best in in, in in your market this means Steve that you, you you kind of you drive a natural demand for your products and your services when you do have the highest quality for a specific segment that's right that's great okay so um what, what about I know this is more German and European and so leave the country. I mean, leave the country has to do with 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 export, uh, exporting, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 again, I I I I will I will start again. If if you have a high quality, and this is what it would happen to a lot of these small and medium sized uh, German companies, and uh, uh, um, very often uh, still family businesses, focusing on quality innovation, being the best in your market drives this natural demand. So so they kind of export. And uh, uh, what means export means more sales. Uh, 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 more sales means, and this in, in your strategy plan, your geographical footprint is really important. I mean, you can have an extraordinary product, but if you're just staying in your town and and you're not leaving your town, talking about, I mean, a national footprint mm -hmm. uh, or or, or like later uh, international footprint. I mean, you have to leave your country or you have to leave your town. And 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 you have to anal you have to do an analysis. Okay, where is my 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 target market? Maybe your target market uh, is in Asia, because I mean, uh, 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 because when we talk about market size, uh, and all the big brands talking about Audi, talking about the German automakers, they are really huge in the in China, and this is where I end the future battle about the, the electric car market will be in China in, in, in at one point of, of, of time. Mm -hmm. You know what? It was interesting because I had experience in my previous business working overseas. We sold American houseware items. And uh, when we were in England, the the, the bowls and the, the serving dishes and all that worked out really, really well. But when they started looking at providing containers, it didn't work out well because everybody didn't have the same sort of refrigerator you have in the United States and didn't have the same sort of covered space. They didn't have the same size house, the whole shot. So that 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 division really had some issues. And on top of that, when we went to countries like South Africa or Australia, the, you know, everything went really, really well because of one, size of refrigerators, two, everybody loved the American-made products. Uh, and it was uh, very, very, very profitable for us. Uh, in fact, it was even more so profitable than what we actually had in the United States, just because of the mystique or the need for American-made items at that time. I mean, that's right. I mean, uh, there you see, uh, there's a lot of uh, great American brands uh, and, and products. And uh, so I guess uh, uh, when we talk about also about technology, when we talk about Silicon Valley, when we talk about all innovations coming from there, uh, it, 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 it's great. So I guess uh, every country has kind of it, its niches as well and its it, it strengths. Uh, uh, so it's important to know your strengths as well. So as a as a country, but but obviously as, as a business owner, and 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 try to to take advantage of your strengths and 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 and, and define it in mm -hmm. your business plan to, to 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 keep growing. Now we have about two minutes left. I'd just like to talk about how you go about working with a business owner when you're doing coaching, and then uh, where's the best place for people to get a hold of you your book and so on yeah i i i like and i really love to to help a business owner a company owner uh, or even an entrepreneur to get from from point a to the, the point b and, and and having a vision okay uh, uh, what's your financial vision how big do you see your, your your company talking about sales? So helping helping on this company growth journey, uh, uh, helping to take the right decisions, helping to make strategies, 
and uh, uh, also help them in the implementation part. So we just we are doing a, a deep analysis about your market, about your uh, uh, target market, uh, uh, about your strengths and weaknesses, and then uh, we understand also a little bit the competition, and then we we make a strategy plan, and and, and I help you um, along uh, talking about at least ten months uh, uh, to to penetrate this market and and to mm-hmm. achieve profitable growth and you can reach me on on best on my on my website uh, profitablegrowthstrategy.com and i'm i'm in linkedin thomas michael hawk uh, i guess there where I interact most with with business and company owners now I'll, I'll say this i want to thank you for being on the show today i have read a good portion of your book and i, I love it for for my business. And I saw many parallels of what we did when we were overseas. And I just smirked and said, okay, we did it right. Uh, <laughs> so I want to, again, thank you for being part of the show today. Uh, if you'd like to talk to Thomas Michael Hogg, you want to go to provengrowthstrategies.com. And you know what? I wish you all the success and, and you know maybe we'll have you on again in, in the future. We'll see you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Steve. It was really great. It was a great experience. I'll see you. Bye. We'll look forward to seeing you next week uh, right here. And I want to thank our network partners, and affiliates, UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio, New York City, E360 TV, Las Vegas TV Network. All these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. Again, you can follow us on Facebook at Saving with Steve Sexton or go to the website at savingwithsteve.us. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton.